Intervention. I'm lagging again, but it's all right. I got my dog here. We're having a good time. We're here to actually talk some DFS. And as some of y'all know, I've been at work all night. Oh my God, Steph is in here with us. Yeah. I've been at work all night trying to trying to make sure that I can make cocktails while, while getting Juan pumped up over there. Meanwhile, we're talking about DFS, you know, over there on the side. And we've got all sorts of fun stuff going on. we got Scott Fish coming on the show on Wednesday. Oh my God, get excited for that, guys. I am stoked. We have all sorts. <laughs> we have all sorts of fun stuff going on. Oh my God, Axel's in the house. Axel's in the house, and I know that he's talking. I already know. Axel, I already know you're talking about Bo big time over there, being the good-looking one. Oh my God, we got a DFS show coming at you. And honestly, like Bo's the expert over there at DFS. Like I sit there and I try to be the expert on DFS, but. Bo over there is the master. He is the master over there. He writes article after article. He does quick shot after quick shot. He is the dude. He is the dude over there at DFS. So Bo did the show sheet for us. I'm actually wearing pants, by the way, Axel. Axel, I'm wearing pants. He wants to know if I'm wearing pants. I am wearing pants right now. I am here. I'll show it to you. Wearing jeans. You're on house. Because I just got off work, bro. Like, my work shirt is literally, like, right behind me laying on the floor. I literally threw it on as, as quick as I could. You're disappointed. Yeah, I know. Axel will be actually disappointed. Like, uh-huh. sweatpants. <sighs> I wish I was as comfortable as you. You know what? I'm going to take off my pants on the show. I don't really care. Yeah, baby. Gonna, yeah, baby. do it, and I don't really care. All right. So, anyways, guys, we got a DFS show coming at y'all. Uh, Bubba, big time, actually did the show sheet for us once again for, what, the third week in a row now. Oh, my pants are off. This feels so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, man. It's great. It's great. Feel free. Anyways, uh, Bo, let's go ahead and talk about what we have on the show sheet for today. Like what we're expecting for this DFS episode. What are we thinking? We're back to 13 games on the main slate, baby. We've we've suffered through those constricted, like COVID re- relocated games. 11 games on a main slate just isn't for me. I like the nice big 13-game main slate where the chalk turns into a strawberry-flavored Flintstones vitamin. Yeah, we can eat more chalk because it tastes better. God, I didn't know you were going to whip that dad joke out of the beginning. I oh laid it out on the table. God. Thumperoni, baby. Thumperoni? <laughs> is that a, a thing? Thumperoni. Yeah, laying that joke right on the table. Thump a roadie. <laughs> oh god, it's a great start to our DFS episode. Um, you know, which teams are we are we actually gonna be targeting? Let's just go through these teams just to just to get it off the table. Like which which teams are we targeting this week? We'll talk about these matchups. So we're gonna we're gonna focus on the high scoring ones, of course. We're going to try to find uh your highest over under games that we can stack the best. Um yeah, you're right, Steph. I am mean, but I'm funny, so it it works. 
Um, Green Bay and Detroit is the first one I want to focus on. I think this game has a lot of potential to have some big performances. We have some star players that are looking pretty... uh, Thank you. Looking. (laughs) Bo! Bo, uh, this is mainly for the podcast, okay? This is where we get the main amount of views. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Green Bay, Detroit. We're looking at... No, I meant your comments when you comment on a... a on a comment that comes up nobody has any idea what you're talking about you stop mid-sentence and you're like oh thank you it's like wait why <laughs> this is for a podcast bro this is for a podcast to all, right? all the podcast listeners thank you for listening um <laughs> we're looking at green bay in detroit or <laughs> it's uh it's aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers is the it's the main guy i want to focus on this this week because he's the building block that we want to start with and he's actually priced up this week at 7500 which, um, I mean, it's a little bit rich for my blood on a normal basis, but he's going against the Lions. What are you going to do? You're going to play Aaron Rodgers in cash games. You're going to play him in a couple tournaments and stack him with, I mean, hopefully you're going to try to get Devontae Adams in the lineup, but he's really expensive. So I'm going to try to fit in Alan Lazard, who's a much lower price and has a pretty good upside himself for scoring touchdowns. Um, I have a huge, I have this tingly feeling that Aaron Jones is going to have a massive week. Um, And it's, it's something that I want to take I want to take that to the bank this week. I want to play Aaron Jones in a stack with Lazard and Aaron Rodgers this week. So I save a little money off Adams, who, even if he scores 25, isn't going to hit the value we really want. All right. So we already hopped in this lineup, right? We already hopped in this matchup. We are full on go pants off with this matchup, right? Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So let's go ahead and discuss this matchup because of the fact that uh, DeAndre Swift is full practice now. And what happened to him? A little bit scary, a little bit sensitive when it comes to, you know, trying to figure out where that's going to happen. You know, and a little bit, I guess, curious as to whether A.J. Peterson's going to play a part. You know, if if Swift is going to actually handle full workload and uh, with tournaments, whatnot, I'm sitting there thinking that DeAndre Swift is actually a smash play for me. At his pricing and everything going on, I love him. Love the Devontae Parker take. I love the Aaron Jones take. And honestly, like Aaron Rodgers is a great take as well. My concern is the fact that the majority of these guys outside of Swift are going to be very chalky. So is this something that's where when you're setting your lineup with this Devontae Adams, with this Aaron Jones, with this Aaron Rodgers, like, is this something as to where, like, you're actually going to feel confident doing this without playing any kind of crazy plays? Or are you going to have to mix it up with some, you know, some, uh, uh, I guess, dart throws? Yeah, to an extent, I don't know how chalky Aaron Jones is going to be because there's so many other shinier pieces on the slate. Um, I haven't checked ownership. I'm not the traditional uh, worry so much about ownership because I'm worried about scoring enough points to cash big time. And I know that some of my, my players that I'm going to be playing this week are not going to be on anybody's radar that, that, so if I, even if I eat a little bit of chalk with Aaron Jones, or even if I want to spend up on Devonte Adams, I think that there are mitigating factors there. Aaron Jones is um, a less shiny running back than Derrick Henry this week. So I, I can eat a little bit less chalk with Aaron Jones with his touchdown upside this week. Aaron Rodgers is uh, less chalky because he's more expensive than um, some of the other big quarterbacks this week. Um, and you also have to worry about Alan Lazard. If you throw him in a stack there, 
at 5,300, that's a really good chalk beater right there because everybody's going to try to fit Devontae Adams in their lineup because he's he's solid every week. But Alan Lazard's a touchdown maker. He's six foot five. He's a big red zone target. Was that your hand moving or your dog trying to jump up on you? Both. I moved my hand to pet my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love it. Uh, Alan Lazard for me is actually a smash play in most cases. I do think that Green Bay passes. And there's no reason to sit there and force feed Devontae, uh, Devontae Adams. So I actually like it. Ooh, uh, I like nimble, it. nimble mouse. Wait, what, what, is, what should you be worried about? He's, he's talking about the Thunderdome. Oh, God. Oh, God. Here we go. All right. So let's talk about the other side of things, right? So we have our chalk plays there in Rogers. We have our chalk plays with, with Devontae Adams. I mean, is Robert Tynion the chalk play? Is he even a play for you at all? Uh, Troy's actually really good up against tight end. Yeah, they haven't played very many good tight ends, but they surprisingly have corralled the position pretty well. Um, I think that their linebacker plays stronger than their front line and their secondary, so it makes a little bit of sense. Uh, Tunyon's red hot, so I don't think I'll fade Tunyon, but I just don't have a lot of him. It's just hard for me to play him when we have cheaper tight ends with better matchups and we have more expensive tight ends that are virtually matchup proof so he's kind of in that gray area for me um i'm not going to say he's not going to have a solid outing because he's just been so well targeted the last three weeks um i'm not going to say don't play tunyon but um I'd, I'd rather have him in a stack with lazard or jones or somebody like another chalk breaker like alan lazard because i don't think he'll be that chalky all right so make sure all you drunk people actually have notepads out so you remember what we're talking about tomorrow morning all right, right, so let's go ahead and let's bounce over to the line side that we were talking about before. You know, what are we seeing over there with Marvin Jones? Going to have another huge game? Cephas going to be the guy? Like, what are you expecting over there? Well, with no threat of Kenny Galladay playing because the guy's in a contract here and his hip apparently hurts really bad. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a Marvin Jones uh, fade week for me because uh, with no Kenny Galladay, we we should see Jair Alexander match up with Marvin Jones most of the time, and that's death to all wide receivers. If you have Jair Alexander across from you most of the game, you're not going to put up numbers. You're definitely not going to put up 31 points like Marvin Jones did last week. It's just not going to happen. Um, so Marvin Jones is priced up this week because of his smash last week. Um, his I'm smash just not, is pretty much in the majority of weeks so far this season. You, you joke me yeah. every week for Marvin Jones, and I'm like, I mean, he keeps producing. He keeps if putting he up produces, numbers. But if he produces this week, I'll eat that because there's no way. And yeah. and I, I do believe Quintus Sivas is a better pick because he's really improved over the course of this year. And Stafford is showing a lot of trust in the rookie. And if that's it, another big bodied wide receiver, Quintus Sivas, another tall wide receiver that can go up and get a, a jump ball. And if we're looking at the secondary for the Packers, other than Jair Alexander, it's not nearly as good. So Quintus Sivas down 3,100 is a great flyer to take. So, it's kind of funny. Jamie Prague over there commented. He's like, hey, I always have my, <laughs> he's like, Hey, I always have my notepad ready during your shows. Right. It was funny. Cause the first like message I ever got from somebody on a podcast, it was Jamie and it was him sitting there with a, a napkin on his, uh, on a steering wheel. And it's, it's like all these like backward notes and stuff. And he's like, wait, I forgot what you said about so-and-so. And I'm like, how the hell could you even read this? Like, what is going on? Like, 
Well, you said you were taking notes. These are notes. Like it's literally like, like hey, that's how James Blunt wrote your beautiful. So <laughs> it was so funny, man. I absolutely loved it. Uh, meanwhile, I'm still in the process of taking off my pants. So let's go ahead. <laughs> I thought we were past that, Chase. I know. I thought I was too. I'm just kidding. I was taking off my sock. All right. So let's go ahead and hop on to this uh, Minnesota game with Tampa Bay. Yeah. Over-under is 53. We got Minnesota minus six and a half. That Minnesota front seven has been far better. So why do you think this could be a shootout? Like, explain to me why you picked this game to cover. So Tampa Bay is favored. They are on paper a better team. Um, When you look at the stats for Tampa Bay's defense, a lot of it was how well they played the first half of the year. Their defense was shutting down the run, which they still do to a degree, but lately their defensive backs have been getting torched down the field. And Minnesota is weighted on their wide receiver position. It's a very narrow route tree. You have a lot of of Thielen and a lot of Jefferson and a lot of Dalvin Cook. And so uh, as, as much as I'd like to fade Cook this week because it's so expensive in DFS, um, you can't ignore those wide receivers against that Tampa secondary that really is physical, they're talented, but they're getting beat by talent. And the Vikings are clicking right now. So I, I do think unless the Tampa Bay defense kind of gets, uh, gets the benefit of a Tom Brady uh scoring fest in the first half where they can make them one dimensional and kind of sit back in a zone against cousins. It's going to be a back and forth kind of shootout game. Um, I think the only way that it doesn't shoot out is that Tampa Bay blows them out. You know, what's really funny is our first episode together. Uh, we, we did a show and we anticipated whoever it was going up against Tampa Bay defense. We anticipated yeah. that the running back was going to go off because Vita Bay uh, was out that yeah. week. And we ate, we ate so much shit for that because whoever the running back was, I don't remember who it was, uh, did not go off. And we ate so much shit for that. Meanwhile, uh, they, what they did was they still kept the linebackers and they kept the safeties in, and the passing defense got gashed. Yeah, and they still have. So it's very interesting to see if they want to keep stopping the run. If they want to stop these wide receivers. So, like for me, I think it's almost like a contrarian play to play Dalvin Cook this week. I don't love almost. it. Yeah, it, but I feel like it's almost contrarian because you know at his price, yeah, at his at his level, like at his level, that he's been producing as of late, and his injuries and stuff. I think it's almost like a contrarian play. But will they actually keep gashing it, or will they end up you know dropping four guys into covers this week? It's going to be very interesting. I, I I'm going to take the the piece of advice from our our fantasy intervention team over there. And I'm going to say that Justin Jefferson actually has a better week overall. And I'm going to fade Thielen slightly. Not a ton. Like, I'm not sitting there saying, hey, do not play Thielen. But if you play this matchup, I think I'm going to go Justin Jefferson heavy, although they will be focused on him. I think that they're more concerned about a veteran come playoff time than they are a rookie. Yeah, at the same time, um, there has been a changing of the guard. I mean, when Thielen went down with COVID, they had to feature Jefferson. They don't have anybody else. BB and Ola BC Johnson are nothing special. I mean, they've had decent runs at it, but Jefferson is special. And when Thielen came back last week, we still saw we still saw the volume go more to Jefferson. They were even most of the game, and then in the fourth quarter, it was all Jefferson, and he took over that game. Um, we can expect Jefferson to have more upside for the rest of the year than Thielen. 
And so, yeah, like, like Nibble says, fading Jefferson is a mistake because he has got an infinite amount of upside, especially against the secondary that has been beat deep by Justin Herbert and Jalen Guyton, for example. I mean, this is, this is a defense that can be had down the field. Just to give you all a heads up, by the way, um, we do actually have a DFS show going on. We will end up covering all your starters sick questions on Wednesday night and on Sunday night. We'll cover some on Thursday, you know, from time to time. We'll cover some on, on, on Tuesday for wave wires. But tonight, if you guys are asking, you know, who should you start? Who should you sit? This is a DFS episode, so we will not be covering that, unfortunately. But let's go ahead. Do we have anybody else to cover in this matchup, or do you want to hop on to the next one? Yeah, I mean, we can cover the Tampa Bay uh, passing game, kind of get your feeling on some of the wide receivers there, since we have so many options to throw darts at. I mean, uh, Brady's a great play this week, obviously. Um, Rojo is a good play, because if if we have the Tampa Bay blowout that could happen, Rojo's going to pound the rock, and the Vikings aren't good at stopping anything. They're, they're, they're average at best against the run. They're terrible against the pass. So, I mean, we could see a Gronk week. We could see an AB week. We could see an Evans week. I'm, I'm more on the Gronk and Evans side. But and you can't rule out Godwin even with a bad finger. You can't rule out Antonio Brown at any cost because it's really hard, really hard to pick the right one. So I'm going to have to birdshot it this week with the Tampa Bay passing. Dude, Minnesota's been so much better as of late up against the run. I mean, they've been actually dominant against the run as of late. And it's something where we have to keep in mind who they played, you know, and everything like that. Like, you know, we brought up prior to the show when we were talking about some some of the DFS plays. But at the same time, like, they've actually been really good ever since were they, who they released, Ngakwe or Tradem? Is Ngakwe? Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've yeah. been a lot better. I know it's been a little bit easier schedule. We'll just keep an eye on that. Oh, man. Plus, you never know who to play, you know, on the Tampa side yeah. of things. Like I said, it's a bird shot kind of thing where you kind of want to scatter a bunch of lineups with uh, two or three of each of them and just figure out which one's going to want it, which one's going to hit because the Vikings against the pass have not been good all year. And Tampa Bay's passing game has been pretty solid overall. All right. So like, is there anybody else we're looking at in this matchup or do you want to move on to the next one? No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right. So, wait, do we have another matchup lined up or is that one? No, we have the Tennessee Jacksonville game. Let's go. Let's go. Tell me what we're expecting this one. I actually love this game. I've been targeting Jacksonville all year long to great success. Um, they play people tough, which makes it great to play game stacks in because they have so many talented players and they're not getting blown out. They've lost every game but one. They almost won two weeks in a row against better teams, but you could tell they don't really want to win. They're like the Jets where you're like, oh, we're going to we're gonna play with pride. We got a lot of talent on the field. The players are never going to tank themselves. You got the front office and the coaches. They're like, all right, guys, we're going to call these plays to completely fuck you at the end. But yeah, the Jaguars have a lot of talent. And wait, so wait, wait, they- real quick, real quick. I don't want you to get off like this topic too much, but you know, you saw how Adam Gase like retracted his statements about calling offensive plays instead of passing them on after he said, it yeah, did. of course. Well, you know what he did behind the scenes, right? Like he ended up sitting there saying to the defense coordinator, Greg Williams, he's like, I'm calling this defensive play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Cover> <laughs> zero. Hey, what's that Madden play? Engage eight. 
<laughs> Dude, he literally called in that defense on a full on blitz and he played him on Greg Williams and like yeah. nobody saw it. But I, I wish I Greg saw Williams gets that. fired because they want to keep the losing streak alive. <laughs> Greg Williams likes the blitz. Greg Williams loves the blitz. Hey, it's it was the his perfect fault. cover. It is the perfect cover. Just I mean, like the Jags. The Jags dodged a bullet in regulation. You know who actually because, phoned that in is the front office because the front oh, office yeah. doesn't want to take heat. 100%. They were like, well, like with the, the, in their game against the Patriots where they were ahead in the last quarter, they, they could have just run the ball three times and killed like tw- uh, two minutes more a clock, but instead they threw it three straight times to keep the clock alive so the Patriots could win. It's like, come on, guys. Like, we're going to go cover zero and let Carr just throw a lollipop to Henry Ruggs 45 <sighs> yards down the field. It's like, yeah, you know your corner can't run a 4-2-5. So, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> All right. So, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just had to bring that yes, up real the, quick. The Jags last week, they got lucky that they didn't lose in regulation because Dan Bailey missed the field goal at the end of regulation. So they were in, they were in overtime with like, Oh my God, we're, we're actually in overtime with the Vikings. And you could tell they didn't want to win that there was the play calling the way they were so conservative, give the ball right back to the Vikings, drove down, won the game. Um, but the, for the first four quarters, you had the Jags hanging tough. They have talented wide receivers. They have J- James Robinson. It's been the surprise of the year. He's always a great DFS play because of the volume he gets. Uh, Mike Glennon, perfectly capable passer, especially at his salary in DFS. He's a he's a flyer for me. Hint, hint for the future there. But again, they're playing a better team on paper, but it, it looks like a shootout to me. Tennessee is coming off of... They're going to have to rage thomp, like stomp on the Jaguars to kill them this week because they gave up four touchdown passes in the first half to Baker Mayfield last week and took their own star running back out of the game because of how bad they were on defense in the first half. And that, that upsets everybody in that organization. The Titans have aspirations of doing something. And when you lose a game that way where you were like, hey, we're going to be able to run the ball on the Browns. Nope, you're not because you're down four touchdowns and you have to come clawing back with Tannehill and AJ Brown and Corey Davis, especially Corey Davis. That's who I'm targeting this week because you're, you're, you have to say the Titans are mad. The Jags don't care. They have a lot of talent, but they're playing with pride. So I love this game as a shootout again, because the Jags can score with the best of them and they'd have a terrible defense. You know why they can score with the best of them? What? Because Colin Johnson. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> you know he's six foot seven. Dude, he's like seven two, all right? <laughs> Colin Johnson over here is the fucking man. If you guys don't own him in Dynasty <laughs> Leagues, if you guys don't own him in Redraft Leagues, you guys need to own him. Hey. Colin Johnson is the shit. He has been on my radar since Chase, the offseason. You would be extremely proud of me because I had Colin Johnson in my surprisingly spicy stack last week, and I took a victory lap yesterday when i wrote my article for week 14 colin johnson was in my victory lap for having an extremely great value last week in my surprisingly spicy stack so and yeah he was solid he was overall he was solid you know cash was was 4x great. value 4x value oh, okay Beautiful. tournament is great sorry my bad yeah uh no I, i've loved colin johnson last week though mine like my my big call was actually uh somebody that you guys might have heard of Donna Peoples Jones. That was my my call from last week. Do we actually say that on the live show? 
We did. And even on the show sheet, the very last line when I was copy and pasting the new show sheet over it was Donovan Peoples Jones question mark. Like, hmm, are we serious about this guy? Troy, Troy, yeah. you need to hear this. Where the hell is Troy? Somebody tag Troy. Tell Troy to get in here because he said, I need to see a copy of that. I need to see something. Uh, no, but Donovan Peoples Jones for me, once I found out because we had a pre-conversation prior to the going off and. I was like, let's talk about uh, Daryl Hodges because I think this is a smash play. And, nice and, yeah. and I was like, dude, this is the week. This is, yeah. this is the week. It was on road. the show. It's documented. I think I just did this, by the way. Yeah. This is yeah. not the right sign <laughs> for what you want to do on the live show. Um, anyways, uh, I've done multiple bad things. But yeah, no, Donna Peoples-Jones that I called like, on the flyer show. So unfortunately, yes. I haven't had that much time to do the research. but. Um, yeah, no, last week is was the week. This week, you know, Colin Johnson's a great play, but I with with I guess Chris Conley coming back and everything. I like Colin Johnson. I think he's a good play, but it's muddy water. It's very muddy water, so I'm not over the top on Colin Johnson, but I do think he is a primary target going forward for regular leagues, but for DFS purposes. Um yeah. you temper your expectations. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at five wide receivers on this team that could go off in the, in a high-scoring game. So if I'm running it back with anybody, I mean, I guess I could throw in Keelan Cole again because somebody told me on my uh, on my Twitter feed that uh, – <laughs> sorry, uh, I threw it on my Twitter feed. Somebody mentioned that I was a week early on Keelan Cole last week. So, I mean, I, I, I got to put some stock in that. Maybe Keelan Cole was a week early. Um, and he's going to go off this week. If it, if I'm predicting a high-scoring game with Tennessee, which is very, very possible, I'm looking at James Robinson, of course, and I guess Keelan Cole's the the guy I'm going to throw the most darts with. But it's uh, it's mainly going to be Tannehill. Tannehill's in a smash spot again. Derrick Henry in a rebound, but super chalky, so you're going to have to stack him around other plays that are contrarian if you want to play him this week. And then... Um, I love Corey Davis this week. He's going to be a little bit chalky too because his price is so good. And he's keeping pace with A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown scored seven touchdowns in eight games. And Corey Davis is still keeping pace with him. And he's $1,300 cheaper on DraftKings. What does that say to you, Chase? I don't know. It, it says to me that he could be an absolute like smash play, but I mean he's been a smash play multiple weeks, and like his upside is very, very limited. Um, you know, unless he's getting the touchdown. So I, if you're sitting there thinking that that he's going to get touchdowns this week, I don't know if I'm on, if I'm on board for that. But I want to talk about a guy that uh, that is a smash play for me this week, but you guys don't, you know, you guys are familiar with. At least if you listen to my show, you guys know I'm not a big fan, but CEH this week is my smash play. Wow. That is spicy. It is. Up against Miami, who's great, up against the uh, quarterback position, and he's phenomenal up against wide receiver position outside of deep plays, which, you know, kind of makes, I guess, Robinson or Michael Hardman an all right play. So can we make a wager on this? Because I think CH won't even cross 15 carries. So you're going to be really hoping he gets some touchdowns. Yeah, let's do it. Um, wait, wait, who are we going to wager? Um, like player versus player? Sure. So who's in the same price range as CH here? 
You tell me. Oh God, you guys are like how about Canyon Drake? Since you are no, because I like Canyon Drake. But I like Ceh. I just don't love him like you do. Where's Ceh sitting on the price? Price. All right, let's see. Um, I don't think Ronald Jones. You like Ronald Jones? Yeah. Okay. Ceh outproduces Ronald Jones. So just them sheer points. That's it. All right. You guys see a live bet here. Can you guys throw out some bet ideas? Uh, if you guys are listening, please throw out some some live uh, wagers, and we'll decide on one by the end of the show. But please throw yep. out something fun, nothing crazy. Like I don't want to wax my chest twice. Ceh versus Rojo. Yeah, loser has to do something next pod or go streaking. I don't know, something like that. I enjoy streaking, so that's my approach. <laughs> <laughs> CH versus Rojo, and I'm taking CH, and this is weird because I hate CH, like compared to consent. Me too. And I don't really like Rojo that much, but yeah. this is a this is a spot. This is fun. All right, so all right, let's go ahead. And is there any other obvious takes you want to pick up on this? So in uh, Tennessee, Jacksonville, um, or any obvious other at all. So obvious, but not obvious, but should be. We're talking about guys that are right in front of your face. It's 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 it happens all the time in DFS where you're watching red zone and the it's it's one oh eight p.m. and the first touchdown goes <laughs> off and Scott Hansen goes <laughs> and it's a touchdown for Philip Rivers to Trey Burton and you're like fuck of course uh, no I of nailed that last Trey week Burton. I nailed that last week right. But I didn't get upset. This week, yeah, this week it's it's painfully obvious that Justin Herbert's going to light the Jets up, and he's he's sixty eight hundred dollars. Is there's something wrong with that? Justin Herbert sixty eight hundred against the Jets in a rebound. Yeah, he got shut down by the Patriots. The Jets are not the Patriots. Tell me no, right now. No, no, you're you're on the wrong. No, you're you're on the wrong one. Oh, Seattle's playing the Jets. Yes, you have the Falcons up against the the Chargers. Same thing. Same thing. You were thinking you were on the right. You were on the right thought thought process. Herbert against the Falcons at sixty eight hundred. <laughs> we talked about this before the show. I know, but you're Herbert. Good, good. It's painfully obvious that Herbert's going to go off against the Falcons and the Jets if they're there too. If the Jets are there and the Falcons are there, they got 22 guys on defense. Herbert's still going off this week. <laughs> really, Scott? He said the loser has to take a shower. Was a he shower and what? Maybe a golden shower? Try no, to figure no, that one out. No, Dude, uh, no we're not going to shoot do a shot for every point of difference because I do that anyways. And so to see. Yes, we we figured that out, Scott. Anyways, so (laughs) what do you think about Herbert since Uh, I've been? I'm an Oregon Ducks fan. I loved Herbie for three years now. So you can't tell me that you're going to out love Herbert for over me. So tell me what you think about Herbert this week. First off, you have no idea my love for Herbert. And you have no idea John Elway's (laughs) love for Herbert because I talked about for, for months. You know why? Because Elway loves tall quarterbacks. The Dutch rudder. That's a good bet. <laughs> no, but uh, 
oh, man, for Herbert, it's something I swear, like, if Anthony Lynn's going to be a cock block, like, I just don't know if I can get behind it. Either way, uh, Chargers going to have to pass. Falcons going to have to run. I think this game is a little bit higher scoring than what people expect it to be. They have it at 49 right. over under. I love the pick. We talked about it beforehand. Match I was over. like, this is something that I'm like, I'm, I'm betting heavy on this game. So I like Smash it. Over. Smash over. I like your Herbert pick, and I love going with Keenan Allen for this, for the stack, oh. as one brought up. Do you know what Keenan Allen did to the Jets? I remember this now. Why are you bringing up the Jets? Because they suck. They're no, they're playing the Falcons, Bo. I know that, but they're playing the Falcons, who are just as bad as the Jets in the secondary. <laughs> and I'm throwing out there because they played the Jags, they played all these bad defenses, and Herbert and Allen just ate. They feasted. Keenan Allen is going to bounce back humongous this week. We're talking 30-plus. All right, so let's go on to your next, uh, your next, <laughs> your next person that you're picking. <laughs> Old man Rivers, baby. Oh, like Philip Rivers. What do you think about Philip Rivers? Fifty nine hundred. I love Michael Pittman this week. I think Michael Pittman is a smash play. I've been calling Pittman for two weeks, so I sure as hell hope so. Well, so what happened with Pittman after the breakout week and with T.Y. Hilton doing nothing? Pittman not only ended up uh, garnering. Saps from the number one corner on the team. They also got bracketed coverage over top from the safety. Pittman was missed multiple open times, which was frustrating because Pittman was still beating the coverage. Mm-hmm. But what Phil Rivers was seeing was the safety over the top, and he wasn't taking that second look at uh, Michael Pittman. So Jacob Brissett saw it because he was sitting on the sidelines the whole time. He's like, hey, Pittman's open, but Jacob Brissett could not see the, you know, he couldn't hit no, base the broad side of the bar. He's not Philip Rivers. No. So he couldn't so he couldn't hit it. So I love the stack of Philip Rivers this week uh with Michael Pittman. And I'm actually fading T.Y. Hilton in DFS. Thank you. Thank you. T.Y. Hilton's a huge fade. Huge fade. I still like T.Y. Hilton, but I'm gonna fade him. I'm fading him. Fading him. Fade him away. I'm gonna I'm gonna pump pumping. Pump the shit out of uh Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman. Jonathan Taylor's my guy in that game. He's he's right back in the saddle. Um, Got to get a more even more volume. They're they're going to feed the rock to JT, and he's going to go off again. He's too damn good. Um, that defense that they're facing is just not good against the run. JT is a great receiver. We saw it last week on that wheel route. He's faster. He's bigger. He's stronger. He catches the ball out of the backfield effortlessly, and Rivers loves going to the running back. So Hines is okay, but JT is the guy. I'm so glad you did not lead off with the way that you said you were going to lead off on that. So I'm going to leave that one alone. I agree with you, and we're going to move on to your next oh, guy. Milton. Let me finish up with JT is H O T. I'm not, I'm not frozen. <laughs> we killed him. We killed Chase. He's gone. He's done. All right. So, what are you thinking over there about Melvin Gordon? I can't respond to that. <laughs> uh, we're we're looking at Miles Gaskin again. I mean, he's every week he's in there healthy. Miles Gaskin produces. He gets all the work, and you can't ignore him. He's right in front of your face, getting all the work in Miami. And he's pretty much matchup proof because of that sheer volume. We're talking 20, 25 touches every single week that he's healthy. So you can't ignore Miles Gaskin again. 
Uh, Monty, after last week's chalk fest, where he was 28% owned in the Millie Maker, that's insane. But 5,500 in a, in a great matchup. The rest of his matchups are all great, this week included. He's priced up this week, which takes away a lot of the chalk. Monty's right back in there as a smash play for me. Because even if he had this week's price last week, he would have had 4x. That's insane. I'm not going to respond to that. I know you love Monty so much that you can't even muster a response to that. Are you done? Monty is H O T. Stop. (laughs) Oh my God. Just say your next person. Move on. Melvin freaking Gordon. I hate Melvin Gordon. I hate him with every fiber of my being because Philip Lindsay is a better running back. And Melvin Gordon was there with Eckler. Eckler's a betting, better running back than Gordon. But Gordon gets all the money. He gets all the attention. This week, Melvin Gordon's going to smash. 5,200 for a guy of his caliber in this kind of matchup. Melvin Gordon's going to smash. And I hate to say it, but I'm going to play him all over the place. What do you think about Melvin Gordon? Melvin Gordon's not a bad play. I actually got one right on that one. But he's not he's not a terrible Shut play. Who? Colin <laughs> Johnson. It concerns me about the uh the game flood, to be honest with you. It could be, yeah, for sure. Um, what about Wait, Tim this Patrick? This is just coming in now. This is just yes. so Jamie says loser of the bet dresses up as a pirate <laughs> from the dodgeball movie. You're not a real pirate. <laughs> and has to walk around Vegas. Has to walk around their hometown. Saint R. Well, Vegas is my second home, so that would be fun. I'd fit right in. Just yeah, pirate. They have to walk around their hometown as a pirate. <laughs> That'd be funny as shit. What if I has to dress up as a pirate of New Year's and goes to parties on video? Don't threaten me with a good time. That'd actually be a lot of fun. It would. Wait, be. this isn't Halloween. This is New Year's. What? <laughs> hey. I wouldn't be that out of place in California, to be honest. <sighs> I probably wouldn't. All right. So we will still decide what at the very end. But all right. Who's your yeah. next guy? Tim Patrick. Oh, why is nobody, pri- why is DraftKings outright disrespecting Tim Patrick? This guy is. talking about the quarterback situation? <laughs> well, yeah. Drew Locke only throws it to Tim Patrick. I love that. He can throw five picks a game, but if he throws five five balls for 70 yards and a touchdown to Tim Patrick, I get value. I don't care what Drew Locke does. Tim Patrick is the man there. Number 81 is the man in Denver. Jerry Judy is more talented, but he's not getting targets. And Tim Patrick is, he's getting way more targets in the red zone than Judy. Judy was a ghost last week. Absolute ghost. He's running around the field, running amazing routes. Drew Locke can't find him. He can, find, he can find Tim him. Patrick, and Tim Patrick is only 4,100 again this week. Did you know that like the wide receivers for Denver are, create the fourth most yards per separ- or yards separation per target? It's crazy. Yeah. Like they're always Judy and, Pat, and it would be even higher if Cortland Sutton was healthy because he's a great route runner too. They're always open. Yeah. Drew Locke sucks, but if he throws to my guy, I'm happy. It's crazy that they're not using it with Sherman being there and Sherman being a, you know, a lead, like when it comes to offensive coordinators being a lead guy, when it comes to getting their wide or getting the quarterbacks to green rushing right. yards, blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. 
Yeah, Tim Patrick is the best value on this slate, the entire slate. Every, any position, he's going to be the best value overall. By the way, Juan, it's going to be Virginia Beach. It's not going to be Vegas. Sorry to disappoint That's Vegas East. <laughs> no, that's actually where he lives. In Vegas? Oh, no, man. Vegas East. Oh, he lives in he lives in Virginia Beach with you. No, Max City. That's, cute. <laughs> that's close. Yeah, no, he's right down the street, right down the street. So <laughs> let's go ahead and let's talk about Lockett and your last guy. What's going on with Lockett? What's going on in your head? Um, he's due. I mean, we're talking a great matchup. Hey, they're playing the Jets. I know that one. The Seahawks are playing the Jets. He actually got it right this time, people. He got it right this time. So the Jets are decent against the run. Their front four is actually pretty good. Their linebackers are okay. Their secondary is atrocious. Absolute worst, dead worst in the league. And just cornerback talent. They have no talent at corner. They have no talent at safety. They don't have any game plan. They have a new defensive coordinator that is probably better than Greg Williams because you can't be any worse. But... There's no talent there. So DK Metcalf is a play, but he's priced way up at 8,400. Lockett is at 7,200, which plays a lot more into him running routes against inferior talent in the secondary. Russ is going to be peppering him with targets. I just see this as a humongous Lockett week, just like when he played Dallas in their corners. It's just, it's all over where they can bracket DK with two or three guys even, and Lockett's just going to run all over the place. Yeah, I think Lockett's due for another one of those 35, 40 point performances where you're like, well, well, this is the week. He's not consistent, but when he hit, when he hits, he really is. All right. Last but not least, Hunter Henry. Yeah. Hunter Henry with Herbie and Keenan Allen in a double stack. That's, that's a beauty. That's, that's smash city. And that's enough said. I mean, Hunter Henry, that whole passing offense got shut down last week. So, I mean, people are kind of looking sideways at the Chargers. And I love that because the Patriots had a perfect game plan. Belichick did his thing. He always does. Right. But this week, there's nowhere near the, a level of game plan or even talent to perform that kind of game plan and duplicate what the Patriots did. It's a huge rebound week for the entire Chargers passing game. Um, I prefer to go after Henry at tight end. I prefer to go after Keenan Allen in a humongous, humongous game. And then Herbert, his rushing upside's underrated. Herbert's going to run the ball up for 40, 50 yards. He's going to throw three or four touchdowns. That's, that's, I mean, this is just, it's right in front of your face. The Chargers are going to bounce back in a huge way on Sunday. Dude, I can roll with that. I can roll with that. I can see it. Well, let's start with these flyers because there are some flyers out there where people don't even want to touch them. Yeah. And there was one in particular that I wanted to get behind, which was Chase Edmonds. You know, the Giants right. are terrible up against defending the, the pass. Yeah. Very Shout awesome. out, Steph. Shout out, Steph. Shout out, Steph. Steffi Smalls, your Giants defense has been great all season long. All year long, they've been disrespected, but they can't stop the run. And their outside corner opposite James Bradbury, Isaac Yottam, is a liability. So Chase Edmonds, Kenyon Drake, Christian Kirk, all those guys are going to feast on the New York Giants this week. It's, it's what's going to happen. And Chase Edmonds, great receiving back. I, I Chase, you brought this up. The Giants 
don't do a very good job of defending running backs out of the backfield in the passing game. Yeah, it was absolutely brutal. I mean, they're something like, what, over six yards per reception, over eight yards, uh, or yeah, over six receptions per game, I'm sorry, and then over eight yards per reception. It's something that's a big-time concern. And we know that the Giants, you know, linebacker cores deal with a few injuries, minor injuries, but still dealing with injuries. I'm looking for for Chase Edmonds to actually have a huge game. Like everybody's look, been looking for this entire season. Right. I still think that that Kenyon Drake can perform, but oh, yeah. it's a Chase Edmonds week when it comes to that backfield. Yeah, and Drake last week ten carries for 49 yards against the Rams. It's like that does, does that not scream Kingsbury just sabotaging his entire team last week? I love it. Up with that. So Kenyon Drake's a great, a great bounce back candidate because he gets all the goal line carries. If they're down at the one yard line, they're running read option with Kyler and Drake and whoever crashes down and takes the read. Yeah. They're going to get a touchdown because that rush, that goal line offense for the Cardinals is lethal. And, and Drake's been the benefactor for that. And so we've seen that 30 point upside from Drake all season where if he gets enough volume, he could pop. And Edmonds is, I think on, on tape, you look at Edmonds play, he's a better, more explosive player than Drake is. And that's saying something. Drake Edmonds is really talented and he's priced down at 4,600. That's beautiful. I love Edmonds as a flyer. Anybody else, Scott? <laughs> my, my usual Mike Lennon. I mean, harping on Mike Lennon in garbage time, Jaguars quarterbacks in garbage time, high scoring game. And he's, he's hitting value every single week since he took over the job. You know, we can't you can't argue with value three four times value at quarterback is something to something you can build around and then andy dalton this week watch out andy revenge dalton game. revenge game against the bengals we're talking ultimate like it's a perfect storm the cowboys offense has it's it's stalled in the red zone but they played some pretty tough defenses lately they played pittsburgh they played baltimore andy dalton is playing the Bengals this week. So look for Dalton Schultz to eat. Look for CeeDee Lamb to eat. Look for three touchdown passes from Andy Dalton because now that that, run, that offense is clicking again a little bit. Zeke's getting four or five yards of carry again. Pollard's busting big plays. This this offense is clicking. It's not near. It's not even half of what Dak could, could do, but it's as good as Dalton can do. And that's that's pretty good because they can't ask for much more. And the Bengals are ripe for the picking on defense. All right, pick one more. You got one more when it comes to your flyer. Out of all these guys, who would you take? Christian Blake of the Falcons. This is ultimate, ultimate flyer because Julio Jones is out. Calvin Ridley is going to get bracketed. There's no doubt about that. Um, They're not going to let Calvin Ridley beat them. And traditionally, earlier this year when Julio missed times, it was, it was, uh, Olamide Zacchaeus that took over and, and he's out for the season. He's on IR. It's Christian Blake. Christian Blake is your $3,000 minimum receiver. Who's going to take over that Z route opposite Calvin Ridley. He's going to get tons of snaps. And what I'm hoping is that he'll get the targets that he saw a couple weeks ago when Julio was out with the hammy again. This is, this is a, it's a nice little spot where, um, you're going to have a guy who's going to be singled up all game long. And Matt Ryan, if he has time, is going to look his way. Dude, I like it. It's interesting. 
but I like it. I really do. Listen, y'all, I really appreciate you guys for tuning. We do have something special coming at y'all. So let me go ahead and kick this one off. Let me go ahead and make sure y'all get to enjoy this. I'm excited. Very excited for this. And then we'll let y'all know where to find us. Are you ready for this, Bo? So ready. Are you now? Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Chico State coming ringing back in my ears. Oh, wait. Oops. I'll pause it. <laughs> Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world Turn it up! He took the midnight train Going anywhere It's for you, Third Short! Just a city boy Born and raised in South Detroit you took the midnight train going anywhere. A singer in a smoky room. Smell wine and cheap perfume For a smile they can share the night It goes on and on and on and on Strangers waiting Looking down the boulevard Their shadows searching in the night to so many Giants games with Steve Perry in attendance and that dude can't even hit his own notes anymore. Oh my god, that was amazing. That was thoroughly amazing. I joined all of you guys. Dude, do you know how many times how many times I've had that song karaoke in Chico? Like Chico, like it's it's close to the Bay Area. Like Steve Perry is a god here. So it's uh yeah journey is always on. Dude, that's amazing, man. I, hey, Bo, I appreciate you for doing the show shoot tonight, man. Just like you have been doing over the past few weeks. And did your articles are on point. I get to read them all the time, and it gets me excited. Like, your articles get me stoked for DFS. Yeah, it's time to win some money, baby. By the way, you have a bunch of quick shots coming out, right? Where you talk about yeah. three minutes or so on each player. I am... Yeah. 
It's a, uh, I did uh, four quick shots that are going to come out on the fantasy intervention website and YouTube and all that good stuff. Um, so you can find me there. You can find me at Bo underscore Mick big time on Twitter. Um, all my articles, everything I do, everything I do during the week to get ready for the DFS slate is on my Twitter feed. Um, NimbleWNumbers.com slash Bo dash nose dash DFS is where I write two articles a week. Um, Scott Simpson's uh just shit. <laughs> yeah he's he's the boss so um yeah i'm gonna destroy him this week in dfs in the head-to-head thunderdome he doesn't know it but i'm gonna drop 200 on them this week like i promised you last week um he's he better be ready yeah i'm gonna lip sync journey to a victory over scott simpson this week <laughs> bro everyone's here you lip sync but they don't know your voice is actually the voice of the angel right yeah, I'm a seven-time karaoke champion, so I can sing. I can't sing Journey, but I can sing uh, just about anything else in a lower register. Weren't you on? Wait, were you on The Voice or American Idol or something? I auditioned for American Idol back when I was 19. It's <laughs> amazing, <laughs> absolutely amazing, guys! Thank you all for tuning in. By the way, I know this has been a very late night for DFS people. Uh, for those of you who are listening on podcast, we apologize for the early. We are so sorry. <laughs> For the early miscommunications, but it's okay because y'all are still here. I got Not a lot of everybody is playing the Jets this week. <laughs> thank you all for tuning in once again, and thank you guys for letting us interview with your fantasy football life. That's how you bang a podcast.